Are you looking for a brand new conversation podcast? Well, you found it. My name's Ivan Pugioni, and in my relaunched podcast in Melbourne last week, I speak to everyday people who do extraordinary things. When you go into the, the inner workings of the story, you know, when you get into the nuts and bolts of stuff, even if you're going to have a story about escapism, you want the reader to easily relate to things. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much wherever else you can get your podcasts. I know he's here somewhere. Ellen, have you seen my fiancé? He's upstairs. Are you going upstairs? Tell my fiancé I'm looking for him. <laughs> I have lost my fiancé, the poor baby. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> what? The dingo ate your baby. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello! Hello! Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a podcast where we talk about Seinfeld and its secondary characters episode by episode in random order. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And this week we are going to Season 3, Episode 10, The Stranded. And a bit of a side note, this is actually an episode recorded for Season 2 of Seinfeld, but uh, they pushed it to Season 3 because apparently Larry wasn't too happy with it. That's right, he wanted to work on it a bit more, and there are a few continuity errors, uh, which we'll address a bit later when we get into the episode trivia. Absolutely. Before we do, though, if you want to get in touch, you can email us bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. You can say hello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to this episode, obviously, because you're listening right now. Hopefully. And uh, all previous episodes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to help us out, you can leave a five-star review. It really helps us with our visibility. And uh, it lets us know that our listeners are as nice as we think they are. Yeah, I'm it sure. It confirms that. You won't strand us, that's no, for sure. No, we won't be the stranded. <laughs> no, we don't want to be the stranded. That's right. I and went to every other house with that number combination, 3178, 8783. Yeah, finally nailed it. Finally nailed it. Finally, we are on Patreon as well. Uh, if you want to head to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, you can check out all the tiers and what you get for various dollars per month. That's right. And uh, this week, our secondary characters we're talking about are uh, Steve. He's the main secondary for this episode, as well as his wife, Jenny. Uh, we'll also talk about George's love interest and co-worker, Ava. Uh, also, the cashier, who looks like she doesn't really care. <laughs> the one at the uh, pharmacist. She don't give a fuck. She don't give a fuck. And also the security guard who nabs George twice. <laughs> yep. I've also got a couple of notes uh, on Patty. She's the sex worker who... Nice uh, to meet your acquaintance. Nice to meet your acquaintance, who's, uh, I think, from Texas. Uh, and a couple of notes on a couple of the other uh, more minor secondary characters. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, also, later on, we're going to have, uh, well, for listener mail, we actually have a message from someone who was involved with the show. Yeah, a nice little surprise, so we'll uh, talk about that towards the end of the episode. Absolutely. A bit of a nice trivia about a previous episode that we've talked about. That's right. Uh, well, let's kick things off as we normally do. Let's uh, talk about some Seinfeldism. Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, no, not this week. Uh, you? No, I don't. Uh, I did see our friend and uh, semi-regular co-host, uh, Stacy, on Friday. It's been a little while since I've caught up with her. Ah, yeah. And uh, we're out at dinner and she told me a Seinfeldism and I couldn't remember what it is. <laughs> and so I, it's about nothing. Yeah, which is the ultimate Seinfeldism. I messaged her today on Facebook asking what it was. <laughs> 
for this episode and she said I have no idea maybe when we get her back on here she can tell us all about yeah, it yeah maybe maybe don't know uh, so she had one just can't recall what it is so <laughs> technically we don't have zero this week fair enough fair enough well I do have a, a I guess a kind of a Seinfeldism but it's more of a Seinfeld news kind of thing I was on Facebook and um, I went to the Facebook page for the Herald Sun they're a newspaper in Melbourne uh, tabloid, uh, not tabloid, but uh, News Corp newspaper. So one of Murdoch's rags. Potato, potato. Yes. And uh, the Game of Thrones series finale aired last week and they were talking about the worst TV show finales and one of them was Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, like, I don't think it's as bad as what people remember. I think a lot of people were scathing at the time. But I reckon whenever we do end up doing the finale, I'm guessing probably the last episode of Bidmore Bask, <laughs> probably in a couple of years, uh, we can dissect it and see if it was actually as bad as what they said it was. Yeah. Like things that a polarizing time tends to heal uh, wounds, be kinder to it. Mm. I remember when The Sopranos ended, and I loved the ending because it was just so shocking. But people lost their shit. They were like, "What the fuck?" They didn't know. <laughs> but looking back now, critically and uh, you know, just casually as a fan, I think most people like it uh, more so than when it came out. Yeah, like Seinfeld, and I think Game of Thrones will be that way as well. Like a lot of people are shitting on the latest season, but you know, in five or ten years, when it's looked back to be one of the greatest TV shows, I think time will be a bit kinder to it. Time will time is of the essence, yeah, isn't it? Seinfeld news, Stephen. What have you got this week? Just one this week, uh, and it's pretty bloody boring, but uh, <laughs> it's better than nothing. Yeah. So through the week, uh, and I can't offer any context to this little uh, tidbit, but through the week, Jerry Seinfeld himself was spotted walking across a Hamptons heliport. Uh, because he's rich and he's nearly a billionaire and he travels by helicopter. That's just what you do. As you do. Well, my helicopter's in the shop at the moment, so yeah. I had to go by car. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a tough life. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he was carrying a cake box. Uh, I didn't note down what bakery it was from. Apparently, it's some famous uh, bougie bakery in New York. Um, and that's it. That's, okay. that's all there is to it. Excellent. So he Jerry went to go get some rye, stole it off an old woman, and, yeah. uh, and he was... Uh, Push her out of his helicopter. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> help, help. <laughs> yep. Yikes. Threw her into the rotors. Terrible. That's Terrible. It. So that's all the Seinfeld news this week. I searched high and low. Uh, I searched for anything related to Seinfeld. Couldn't find shit. Ah, well, at least we can get into the plot synopsis now for The Stranded, Season 3, Episode 10. First aired in the US, November 27, 1991, directed by Tom Sharones, written by Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld, and Matt Goldman. At a drugstore, George has an altercation with the cashier, played by Gwen Shepard, accusing her of shortchanging him $10. He's removed by the security guard, played by Michael Milhone. George is invited to a party on Long Island and brings Elaine and Jerry with him. Jerry and Elaine become trapped in boring conversations. How good is it, Stephen, when they pat their head? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do we use? I've been patting my head for 20 minutes. Yeah. People think I'm a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so George is invited to the party. Jerry and Elaine become trapped in boring conversations, as I said. And Elaine confronts a woman because of her fur coat. And that's uh, George's love interest, Ava, played by Terry Austin. She said to me, I want to make love to you. And I said... I long for you. That's not so bad. Last time someone said that, I had to apologize to them. <laughs> I want to make love to you. What is this, a circus? I can imagine George <laughs> apologizing after really bad sex. <laughs> yeah. He's that pathetic. He is, yes. <laughs> uh, when Ava comes on to George, Jerry gives him permission to leave with her, even though this strands him, hence the name of the episode, and Elaine at the party. 
They call Kramer to ask him to pick them up, but he forgets the order of digits in the house number, like we mentioned before, leaving him no recourse but to try every permutation. Uh, he arrives long after all the other guests are gone. As a sign of gratitude for allowing him and Elaine to wait at their home, Jerry suggests the host, Steve, Michael Chiklis, and Jenny, Marcia Firestone, uh, stop by his apartment if they're ever in Manhattan, and uh, lo and behold, one week later, Stephen takes him up on the offer. Do I know or Steve, you? Do I know you? Isn't it funny how after a week he doesn't know who he is? Yeah. That's weird. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> Jerry, yeah, true. <laughs> um, Jerry allows him to wait in the apartment until his return as Jerry's heading out the door. Kramer stops by and he and Steve get drunk and bond. Eventually, Steve hires a prostitute to come to Jerry's apartment. Jerry and George meet at the drugstore where they speak about the co-worker whom George slept with after the party. After Jerry picks a medicine, George puts it in his shirt under his jacket as retribution for the short-changing incident before. <laughs> How much is that? $9.60. What are you doing with that? I've never had you pay for medicine for me before. Yeah. <laughs> just go. Just go walk, Jerry. What have you got there? <laughs> you the can see how guard. that was going to end. Exactly. I'm, I know who you are. I've been watching you this whole time. <laughs> the security guard. George puts it in his shirt under his jacket. Uh, the security guard witnesses the attempted shoplifting and takes him to jail. Jerry returns home to find out that the prostitute, Patty, Bobby Joe Lathan, has provided Stephen's services in advance. Uh, you notice that when he does his tie-up. Yeah, they're just oh, getting yeah. undressed, and uh, or they're getting dressed again, and Steve puts on his tie. Yeah. So they're in the last throes of getting redressed. Maybe she's a brand new sex worker, and she doesn't know that she should get cash up front. Well, we can talk about that in our uh, analysis of her when we do get to her. Just quickly add some notes. Yeah, definitely. Actually, a couple of things have come to mind after you mention that. Um, as Jerry is paying the girl off, cops arrive, and he's arrested for fermenting prostitution. Uh, Elaine arrives and prepares to squabble with the prostitute over her fair coat, or fur coat. Later, Jerry and George fondly reminisce about their time in jail. You know, yeah. The guy with the red hair? Oh, the one with the sideburns? What was his deal? <laughs> Other secondary characters include John Putsch as Roy, uh, Melissa Whale as Gwen. I lost my fiance. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. That's a lady. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Maybe the dingo ate your... Where's my We're fiance? Australian. We don't need to put on bad Australian No, accents. we don't have to. But it's actually funny if we do that. Yeah. A dingo ate your baby. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. I think this episode, along with pretty much everything in the 80s and 90s, uh, that was like the only Australianism that anyone had because <laughs> yeah, Crocodile right. Dundee was done Yeah, so that was the only other thing that people could use to relate to Australia the Lindy Chamberlain case <laughs> yeah. and the film based on it that's it yeah, that's and then it. Young Einstein came along <laughs> yeah. and then after that it was Crocodile Hunter there's only been like six cultural sort of uh, you know touchstones that people outside of Australia can relate to Australia other than that it's just alcoholism and fucking kangaroos <laughs> pretty much yeah and koalas <laughs> and koalas what's the next one do you think uh, I don't know maybe Bindi Owen maybe she'll blow up or inner city latte greenie no, that's, that's pretty universal. <laughs> that's pretty universal. Yeah, no. There's a different version of that in every every country, I guess. <laughs> of course. Um, other secondaries uh, on top of those are Ellen Ratner as Ellen and Frank Piazza plays the cop who arrests Jerry. Um, so, what do you reckon? Bit of trivia, Steve? Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, at the party, the man talking to uh, Elaine about peanuts tells her that a cashew is a legume. That's actually, right. It's actually incorrect. It's Yeah, that's right. So the peanut is a legume as it grows in a pod, but the cashew is the seed of the cashew tree. There you go. Uh, Elaine states that she's a vegetarian to the woman in the fur coat. I eat fish on the odd occasion sometimes. Um, but throughout the series, she's frequently seen to eat meat. Yes. So she's a hypocrite. Well, I got the impression that Elaine was lying just to back up her point. Yeah. 
in a protest about the fur coat. True, true. And sticking with the party that they're stranded at, uh, Ava brags about having sold uh, 129 West 81st Street, which is actually Jerry's address. Yeah, that's right, which is really strange. Yeah, nice little uh, self-reference. <laughs> uh, but how do you sell something that someone's already in? I don't know. <laughs> it's just a joke. Yeah. Oh, and also, Stephen, I, I knew you'd like this trivia fact. There's actually two references from the jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. So and those bastards. Those bastards. And Kramer's story about the doves. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, when he talks to Steve about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, the jackets from season two, maybe it was produced, you know, one episode before or after, so those yeah. jokes were a bit more relevant. Well, that leads to my next trivia fact. Apparently, this was meant to be a second season episode, uh, but Larry David was disappointed and he postponed the air date, and uh, the original airing included an introductory segment with Jerry, explaining that there'll be continuity errors, because obviously George being still at the real estate office, even though he was fired in season two, as well as a few other things as well. So, uh, Jerry actually did a pre-recorded amble or preamble about the whole thing. Yeah. Which is interesting. It'd be interesting to see that. Yes, and on the DVD box set from now on, it's part of the second season. So when you get the second season, it's on there. Right. Yeah, even though it's technically a season three episode. The production code was 209. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it's back where it should be. It yeah, makes, it makes more sense in terms of continuity. Absolutely. Do you have any other trivia? No, that's it. All right. Well, let's talk about some secondary characters. Well, before we do, should we take a really quick break and All come right. back? Cool. We'll talk about the secondary characters from Season three's The Stranded. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Hey, folks. We've been doing this podcast for over two years now, and uh, you probably don't know, but we're on Patreon. That's right. If you head to our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash B-I-G-W-B-A-S-C, you can check out all the different tiers we have. That's right. And uh, as well as our general tiers, we actually have special tiers for potential show sponsors and content creators. So if you want to share your goods or services or anything awesome you're doing, there's special tiers just for you. That's right. And uh, if you wanted to support us, you can chuck in a dollar a month to the Human Fund, Money for People, i.e. us. And uh, that will continue helping us do what we do, which is talk about the secondary characters from Seinfeld each week. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so if you are a supporter, thank you. And if you've thought about it, thank you. And uh, if you want to support us, thank you. Yes, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Happy podcasting. Welcome back to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Let's talk about some secondary characters from this week's episode that we're doing, The Stranded. Let's talk about secondary characters. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about season three and The Stranded and Michael Chiklis. Let's do that. Uh, yeah. Michael <laughs> Chiklis plays uh, Stephen Pocatello, the yeah. main secondary character from this week's episode. That's right. Uh, so he lives in Long Island. And uh, he, I think he's a bit lonely. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, he oh. seems to be desperate for friendship. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, a bit of info about Michael Chiklis. Uh, he's most famous for his Golden Globe and Emmy Award-winning portrayal as Vic Mackey in Cop Drama The Shield. Great show. How great is that Family Guy skit? Have you seen that one with The Shield? Where it something uh, about his balls or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like he, it's like a parody of The Shield and his brother's a cop, but his brother's literally a scrotum. That's right. And he says, Detective Scrooge. <laughs> That's right, My yeah. brother. <laughs> and it's literally like a nutsack. Yeah. There's a head. Because <laughs> well, they're both head, bald. His head kind of does look like one giant ball. It does. <laughs> That's the fun part of it. Um, he's also appeared in other TV shows, including American Horror Story, Gotham, and The Comish. Um, but yeah, he's a very um, lonely guy. Obviously, he's married to Jenny. Um, but I think he craves extramarital fun. He's probably stuck. I reckon he probably used to live in New York, in the city, and he used to be like a happy-go-lucky, swinging kind of single guy. And then he bunkered down but you know some people when they're in relationships they still have that feeling that they want to be single they kind of still have that 
itch, you know what I mean, to try and go back to, you know, hooking up and stuff. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Exactly, yeah. So I think he's definitely... Well, he's an asshole in that regard too, shitting... You know, shitting on his poor wife. Oh, yeah. You know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Doing that to her. Just hiring, you know, just willy-nilly. Well, maybe just... he needed to pay the prostitute to shit on her. Oh, man. Maybe that's why he's unhappy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can't shit on his wife. No, yeah. That's not what I meant. Um, but I think he's unhappy. I think he's he feels like he's made a mistake getting married. And, uh, yeah, I just think that's what he is. Yeah. No, he just seems... Almost empty. And also... When like he, he's searching for something. And also when he searches for the escort service, he doesn't think back and go, oh, what about Jenny? Yeah. He's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. He doesn't seem to have any remorse. He's a hedonistic guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he likes drinking, he likes his women. I think he's just trying to also uh, recapture something, maybe in his youth. Yeah. You know, he looks to be in his mid to late 30s, the mm-hmm. same age as the core four. Yeah. And most of the other characters on the show. And that's not to say you can't be... Uh, a party person in your mid-30s but most of the time people have settled down a bit they've got kids or a mortgage or a career or you know they're just a bit more boring yeah um, and I think he just wants to he's either going through a midlife crisis at 36 mm-hmm. or he just hasn't grown up yeah um, one of those two yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean it could be both I think he doesn't want the white picket fence and the salary and everything no I think he wants to go back because like I said I reckon he was probably from New York and he used to go out and have a good time but him getting married just kind of stopped everything. For sure. And I think he sees uh, Jerry as maybe his way back into more of a party scene. Yeah, that's right. He probably thought that Jerry, you know, even though Jerry's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a social person and he, he has a, his career is based on nightlife. He's not a drinker. He's not a partier. He's yeah. a pretty low-key guy. He's clearly a uh, very extroverted guy as well. Yeah. He, he definitely likes to be the life of the party from what I can see. For sure. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, by the fact that he wears a suit when he turns up to Jerry's, I'm, I'm get, guessing that he works in an office, you know, in some professional role. Yeah. So he's probably bored shitless at his job as well. <laughs> I, I just think, think so he's too. bored and dissatisfied and empty and he's trying to capture something that he thinks he needs. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's not trying to search for anything deeper in his life. Plus, he doesn't have the guts to break the marriage up. Yeah. He'd rather just bring Jenny along and kind of still do, do his selfish things. Yeah. And he just won't break it off. Yeah. He's just really selfish. Probably yeah. re- really worried about, you know, what would happen to Jenny and stuff as well. I don't know. But I, I think he's, no, he's pretty I, selfish, actually. I don't think he, he cares about no, Jenny. No, he doesn't care about Jenny. I think no. he's just too weak to confront the reality of the fact that he's in an unhappy marriage. Exactly, and he does. He can't break it off. No, I don't think he's doing it out of sympathy for her or concern for her. Yeah. Um, I just think he's too much of a a, a weak weak person to, to do the right thing. Absolutely. I liked his character, though. Yeah, no, I, I did too. Yeah. Um, I can see why Jerry doesn't really want to spend time with him, even though he's not lying when he says he's got to go out. Yeah. Um, and sort of on that as well, you can sense that uh, he's got very low self-esteem. He doesn't really like himself. No. Because as soon as Jerry says, oh, I've made plans with my friend, he more or less accuses him of lying. Yeah. And he says also uh, when he turns up and Jerry doesn't realise who he is initially... He says, oh, something about um, the lack of impression that he's made on people. So, he's very self-deprecating, but not in a in a way that's charming. I think he's just got really low self-esteem and he just doesn't really like himself or his life at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that shows in sort of how he relates to Jerry and how he thinks that Jerry's just rejecting him because of who he is. Mm, yeah. He doesn't believe him. You know, he just assumes he's lying because he... Just to try and get out of it. Well, yeah, I think he th- he thinks that Jerry hates him, and Jerry doesn't really like him. He's not no. really stoked that he's turned up. But he makes, but he doesn't like him even more when he sees the prostitute. As yeah, well. yeah. You know, it shows that he's an absolute low life. Yeah, definitely, because Jerry knows that he's married. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit of a vicious cycle where he feels low and depressed, and like he is missing out on something, so he drinks and parties and cheats on his wife. Yeah, but then he probably feels guilty, and then it just perpetuates. 
And uh, I was going to say as well, I think that's the reason why he drinks, not just to party and have fun, but I think to just drown out that guilt and those sorrows that's that he probably, probably has. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Definitely. Drown his sorrows and then Kramer uh, enables him. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he sees Kramer as a bit of an escape as well, because Kramer maybe has the lifestyle that he wants. He's free. He's quite, you know, adventurous. He just does whatever he wants. He acts on impulse. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not tied down to a marriage or a mortgage or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe he sees, uh, yeah, Kramer represents what he thinks he's missing out on in life. Yeah, absolutely. And And that's probably why he sort of is so attracted to him initially, because he, you know, I mean, Kramer's a magnetic guy and you want to hang out with him because he's just charming and funny. Mm. But uh, yeah, he seems to want to be Kramer. Want to be Kramer. And it's really interesting too, just going to Kramer, I know he's not a secondary character, but it's interesting, like you you can tell that it was meant to be a season two episode because Kramer isn't as lively as he was, you know, we said that the apartment was kind of the episode which made Kramer Kramer. So I think that the stranded, he's still kind of, he's still a bit wacky, but he's not completely wacky. He's a bit more subdued. Yeah. So it's really weird watching some season three episodes and seeing him wacky, you know, starting to become like the Kramer that we know and love. Yeah. But he's still like season one, season two kind of Kramer. He's yeah. just like he's, he's slowly building up. Yeah. It's really weird. It's it's quite jarring. If you watch season three back to like episode to episode, you'll see he's like wacky, wacky, wacky. And then the stranded comes on, tenth episode, and he's like a bit level. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah. Like his wooden levels. Yeah. Levels. Levels. <laughs> levels. levels. Emotional levels. Emotional levels. Yeah. Well yeah. look, that's all I have about Steve. Uh, why don't we talk about the next secondary character, Ava, George's love interest in the show. Played by Terry Austin, as she's appeared in the films Raising Cain, Gangland, and The Vindicator. That's right. Ooh. She's also had guest spots in Baywatch and LA Law, two 80s and 90s Ooh. staples. Nice. Pamela Anderson was my girl yeah, <laughs> when so, I was eight. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, think er, I think every 30-something-year-old man had some sort of uh, crush on Pamela Anderson. She's still my girl. Yeah. I'm sure she thinks that you're her man. I'm sure she listens to this. Yeah, for sure. No. Uh, anyway, speaking... It's like Borat, marry me, Pamela. Remember how he, he, <laughs> yeah. he crashes Pamela Anderson's book launch? Yeah. Marry me, Pamela. Uh, <laughs> I like Borat on uh, Ali G, the show, but the movie, it's just too... It's too much. Especially that scene with him and the guy and uh, the nude. That's <laughs> that, I remember I was in the cinema. I watched it opening night. I watched Borat in 06 and everyone was just like on the floor in that scene. Everyone just And everyone was like gasping in shock. They couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was just like, what the... Yeah, even if you don't like Borat or, or like uh, the characters of Sasha Baron Cohen, you've got to respect his audacity. Absolutely. The guy's got 10 testicles because he just does shit. And yeah, you, you've got to respect that on some level. You sure do. I think with Ava, because she mentions her ex-husband and uh, she got a fur coat from the ex-husband or maybe she got like you know some money alimony from the ex-husband because when Elaine says, is that real fur? She goes, oh, I have to ask my ex-husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, obviously, she's probably got a bit of money from the divorce. Yeah, she you know? she comes across as a bit, uh, I guess, materialistic, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. A she bit, is, yeah. Um, you know, I guess you could say sophisticated, but I think she enjoys the finer things in life. Yeah, she does. I mean, you know, lots of people wear fur coats, but I don't think many people wear fur coats to just a party in the suburbs. Yeah. You know, and it's just a pretty casual get-together and, like, let's hang out and have a few wines and chat shit. Like, mm, yeah. it's, not, it's not a fancy dinner or anything. So, I think she overdresses and and appreciates and uh, enjoys sophisticated, higher-class things. Why do you think she's keen on George? I think I've made a note about this and I thought about it. I think it's because he's unlike a lot of the men that she would work with and that would also pursue her. I think uh, a lot of wealthy men who could provide her with the lifestyle and, the I guess, the goods Mm. that she wants 
uh, pretty normal for her. Yeah. So maybe George is a bit different because he's unpretentious. He's very insecure. <laughs> he's not typically physically attractive. He's short, bald, stocky. Uh, so I think the fact that he's just a bit different yeah. um, is what's uh, what makes him attractive to her. And she's quite forward, isn't she? She literally yeah. says to George, I want to make love to you. Yep. Like, no, you know, they say that women are more subtle when it comes to, like, courtship and stuff. But she, she goes straight out, I want to have sex with you. Yeah. I want I want you to fuck me. Yeah, you know, she's very like, straightforward. She's just like, do it. Yep. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. But that's really odd. Imagine if someone said that to you, you'd be like, uh, that's a bit confronting. Not that oh. it's ever happened to me, but if someone went up to you and said, I want to have sex with you, it's like, oh, that's nice, but uh, shouldn't we, like, go for dinner or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that would be, be, be confronting. Some people are just, they just don't mince words. No. Nah. You know, they don't want to go through the, the song and dance. Yeah. You know, sometimes literally. Life's too short. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Just, they just want, want that dick. Yeah. They, or, or vagina. Or vagina or, or whatever, or both. Or both. Whatever. whatever. Depends. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I kind of respect her straightforwardness. I am not a fan of the fact that she wears animal furs. Um, oh, no, to my of course. Personal uh, ethics. As, but a, as a vegan. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you were, uh, you, Elaine was kind of com- like a commentary on your outlook. <laughs> look, I, I share uh, Elaine's disgust, but mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't approach it in the same way as Elaine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a passionate vegan and um, I think it's really important, but I am not really a fan of being preachy or calling people out or shaming people. I don't think it is really effective in terms of trying to make people think or change their mind yeah so come on vegan activists dominion yeah you see this guy's a moderate vegan you guys aren't yeah <laughs> you figure it out yeah uh <laughs> yeah so i've always been uh a fan of the message and maybe not the method fair enough yeah and do uh, you eat fish occasionally because fish don't have feelings <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right i'm the <laughs> vegan who eats fish <laughs> yeah one I time i met someone and it's you know, I'm not too precious about labels or what people should or shouldn't do if they claim to be this or that. But sometimes it's just a case of you kidding yourself. I one time I work with a woman who was just like, "I'm a I'm a vegan, but I eat dairy and I eat fish or something like that." So I'm like, "Oh no, I eat dairy and I eat I don't know, like." And I just went to a. You're a vegetarian. I just went. So you're a vegetarian, and she just went, "No, I'm a vegan," but I and I just went. What's that? Look, I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> want to be a, a stickler for definitions, but you can't eat dairy regularly and be a vegan. Like no, it's, it, no. That's not being preachy. That's just saying... It's like saying, I'm an atheist, but I go to church every Sunday. It's like... Pretty much. You, no. <laughs> you just... Yeah. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my rant for the week done. There you go. Excellent. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll keep them coming. <laughs> Indeed. Um, next character. Or oh, do you have more on Ava? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess as well. I think she enjoys um, romance as well. I mean, the fact that she refers to sex... Uh, as making love, I guess is a bit old fashioned. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I guess she likes being the center of attention because when George shows up and uh, he looks across the room and sees Ava, you can see that everyone is sort of talking to her. She's the cent- she's the literal center of attention. I think she really enjoys that. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the bro code that Jerry mentions in that intermission, uh, you know, the comedy skit, the bro code. You know, if if something happens and you know some guy pursues a woman, it's like you don't know them. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that's it is. it. That, that's what it used to be like in my <laughs> lo- younger single days. Yeah, that's what it used to be like. Normally, I skip yeah. George, uh, Jerry stand up, or I don't really remember it or pay attention to it. But I do like his 
uh, stand-up bit in the middle of this episode where he's talking about how NASA delay launches when an astronaut meets a woman. That's it's right. Like the astronaut's landing is like, you know, what? What say uh, when, when I come back? When I come back to Earth, we can uh, meet up and have some tang. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> leaning on the rocket. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I do like that. Actually, I like the comedy skits in this one. Yeah, especially no, the opening one about, good. The, about the pharmacy as well. It's yeah. like there's always this guy and he looks like turned like this with his mouth and he'll have like red lines going through him. Although red wavy lines. Or he might even lightning. Be on, he might even be on fire. Yeah. And it's like you go to the doctor and they say oh do you feel pain or do you feel lightning <laughs> yeah you know? <laughs> yeah no i do like uh, the stand-up uh, in this episode both of them yeah it was good yeah that's all i have about ava uh who do you want to talk about next the cashier okay uh played by gwendolyn shepherd uh, in this episode she's credited as gwen shepherd uh, she's known for the films easy money and pen and teller get killed from 1989 okay, okay. cool must have been like a movie they did sure in the 80s i don't even know who pen and teller are. i know they're, the name they're those magicians Oh. You know, the big guy with the ponytail, and then there's a little, like, he does all the talking, and then there's the little guy, the blonde guy. Are they the one nothing. who the Simpsons took off when the white tiger attacked one of them? No, that's Siegfried and Roy. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I think, I don't know which one it was either, I don't know if it was Siegfried or Roy, but one of them actually got attacked by the tiger oh, in okay, real life, right. and I think that was, like, ripping them, like, uh, <laughs> so to speak, ripping them off. Yeah, the Simpsons, it was, like, Heinrich and Gunther or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think Penn and Teller have been parodied in The Simpsons. Okay. I'm sure they have. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, Penn... I I think Penn is... Is Penn the big guy or Teller? I don't know. Are but they one both? Of like the big guy with the ponytail. Is he really loud? Yeah. Like super yeah. boisterous yes. and he's got a really booming voice? And then the other guy, uh, yep. he's like a scrawny blonde guy yep. and he just doesn't talk. Yep, I know who yeah. they are now. They're magicians. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, the cashier is... I don't know. She just doesn't take any shit, no. does she? She's just no bullshit. I think it's because... She probably deals with a lot of jerks oh, absolutely. in the pharmacy. I mean, customer service mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in New York yeah. where people, you know, the, the stereotype is that people from New York uh, are a bit short, very curt. So she's probably just got no tolerance for any bullshit, yeah. uh, any horseplay. And especially with the drugstore as well, I can see why they have a security guard. Obviously, if you get antihistamines, you know, you try and steal some drugs, you know, you want to make speed or whatever. I could imagine a security guard's there so you're not taking 20 boxes of a particular drug so you can cook. I think that was a know? bit bit less of a problem in the 90s because meth wasn't... I mean, meth has been around for a long time, but I don't think it was as popular in the early 90s. But... I think it's just the fact that pharmaceuticals are just really expensive. Uh, that, that too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of like her. I mean, even yeah. though I believe George, because if anyone knows how much money they have in their wallet, it's George. I love when in the first scene, when they're in the pharmacy, where George walks out in disgust. I love how she just waves to him, but she still has that scowl on her face. And yeah. she just kind of like subtly waves at him. Do you, uh, One thing I was a bit frustrated about, I kind of wanted you know, maybe one extra scene of George coming back and winning, uh, you know, because... Winning? Why? It's Seinfeld. <laughs> you don't want him to win. <laughs> I know, but occasionally things work out for George or Jerry or Kramer. I don't know. I just felt a bit uh, ripped off in that. Oh, really? The fact that I thought that he, was fine. I thought that was yeah, just enough. Nah, nah, it's Seinfeld, man. They're not meant to get their way. I know. <laughs> it's meant to be about real life. Yeah, I guess so. I think the best thing was when he actually went to jail. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. No, I liked it. I thought it was just fine. Yeah, I just wasn't a fan of the payoff. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, she she deals with a lot of assholes and she just doesn't take shit. Nah. She's, That's really all I have about her. She's tough. Definitely. Tough. The security guard? Yeah. I actually have a bit of info about the actor. Really interesting uh, backstory he's got. Uh, he's played by Michael Milhone. Uh, he's appeared in the films Field of Dreams, uh, She's All That, and Executive Decision. Some uh, good 90s films. Uh, apparently, he was originally a jazz trumpeter. 
uh, but he was in a car accident uh, about a few decades ago and it left him unable to play. Oh. And uh, this is how we got into acting. So okay. he couldn't play trumpet, and he's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to act. Cool. And uh, he's an avid golfer. He plays golf a lot in his spare time, and uh, he hopes to one day play in a PGA Seniors Tour in his lifetime. Yeah. There you go. Cool. So, so it was really interesting. Like, I was going through the actors, and I went to Michael, and I was like, wow, that's a really cool backstory. Like, mm. not cool, but just really interesting. Yeah, a bit like, different. Wow. So I thought, yeah, why not? I'll yeah. share your story. Awesome. There you go. Yeah, so he played the security guard. He doesn't take shit. He's nope. seen it all before. Yep. He even... It's interesting because he even knows the faces of the customers. Like, George comes in a week ago, tries to, you know, thinks that he gets ripped off, and then security guard escorts him out. He sees George again. So, he knows exactly who comes in. I reckon he is the sort of person who can pick who's going to be trouble yeah, before they're trouble. definitely. You know, he might not be right 100% of the time, but he's got a pretty good instinct about who's going to, yep. you know, give him the shits. He even makes a point saying, I know who you are. I've seen you. I watched you the whole time. Yeah. So, he knew that he was going to get up to no good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's really, uh, really observant. Yeah, no, a very uh, competent and <laughs> uh, uh, qualified security guard, for yeah, sure. I'd have him as a behind guard, for sure. Definitely. would be awesome. Uh, why don't we talk about Patty, the sex worker? She's played by Bobby Bob- Joe Lathan. Yeah, that's right. And she's an American actress. What has she acted in? Have you got any credits? I don't have a credits. Ah, no. okay. She's acted in TVs and or films. Okay, excellent. Of some sort. And or theatre. Of, of some description. And, and or pornography films. Yes. I got no idea. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh... <laughs> She, I'm guessing, is from Texas by her accent. It's a very kind of typical um, Texan accent. You mentioned before at the start of the episode that she was probably not a seasoned escort. Maybe no. she's pretty new to the game. She's pretty naive. Yeah, I think it all works. Yeah, I mean, any any escort, I guess, worth their cash, um, <laughs> you know, would always collect money up front. That just seems like the the smart thing to do, so they don't get ripped off. Fair enough, because they're not really in a position to you know complain to anyone if uh, they don't get paid. Because it's like, well. It's probably illegal. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. So, um, that's all I really had on her. I think uh, she's a really nice person. She's got that Southern hospitality. Yep. Even when Jerry comes in and says, oh, nice to meet you, Patty, you think she'd like, if it was a New York escort or somewhere else or, or a lady from somewhere else, they'd probably sigh or go, where's my money? Yep. But she goes, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Yeah, she's, know, she's probably got those Southern sort of charming manners. The hospitality, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, it's probably something that she kind of fell into. Yep. While she, you know, went to New York from Texas, she was a... Nice country girl, and then uh, she went down and out for some reason, and now she's uh, she's an escort. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't always think that, uh, you know, people who do sex work are down and out, but um, she doesn't seem to be a, an empowered sort of high-class high escort. I mean, 50 bucks for a route is pretty, even in 1991. No, wasn't it $50 that he owed more? Wasn't it like he had to oh, pay the remainder was 50 bucks? Uh, I, I, that's what I thought. Was it the balance or I the I thought total? it was the balance. Oh, okay. But I guess I can go back to Steve as well. I mean, Steve, he was probably just too drunk. He didn't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had his route and yep. he paid. Once he got his dollars. rocks off. That was it. See you later. See you later. I'm out yep. of here. My ride's here. Yep. You know, definitely one of those people who, like, if you took him to a drink or for a drink, it's your round, Steve. Where is he? Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, I left my wallet at home. I left my wallet at home. Yeah, the old excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, Patty, it was only 50 bucks. Yeah. But still. I think, um, yeah, I I think she's not having a good time being an escort, Mm. but she has a good, uh, you know, that that southern charm. And she's quite shocked when the cops come in, too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I don't think her fur is real. I think it might be a fake fur. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just based on the fact that she... Only gets fifty bucks for a fuck. Yeah. You know, I don't think she's uh, making heaps of money. No, and, and furs even secondhand aren't cheap. But the, she's meant to be an escort, though, aren't they? High end escorts. I don't know. Or maybe he calls them escorts, but she was a prostitute. I think escort is escort is just a a nice name for a yeah. Prostitute. It's like a, a more gentle term right. than a 
than a prostitute or a hooker or whatever. I could imagine, now you've mentioned it, I don't think Elaine attacked her. Because I think you're right. I think off screen, Patty would have said to Elaine, no, it's actually fake fur. Yeah. Because otherwise, I reckon what would have happened is, you know how Jerry and George are eating pizza on the couch? I reckon Elaine would have as well. Because Elaine probably would have gone to jail too mm. for assaulting Patty. That's and true. the cops were there. Yep. So it would have been, I reckon it would have been implied that Elaine went to jail if she was there too. Yeah. Talking about what she what she did in the women's prison or the women's jail. Yeah. So yeah, you're probably right. Maybe she said, is that fur? And then Patty off screen said, oh, no, it's fine. Yep. And they said, oh, that, that's good. Yep. And, yeah. And Elaine was okay with that. Yeah. Elaine is okay with fake fur, just not real fur. Exactly. I think it would have paid off really well if, like, off screen, this, this thing cut, you know, when Jerry goes, oh, no, here we go, and the cop, and they do that. I reckon if we saw Elaine with them talking, then it would have been like, oh, you would take Patty. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. That would have been a nice conclusion. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, that's all I had about any of the secondary characters. Uh, why don't we take another break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about where the episode sits in our episodes we reviewed, and uh, a few other things to end the episode. Indeed. Who is it? Mr. Pocatillo! Who? You mean you don't recognize my voice? Jerry, baby! Do I know you? Boy, this comedy's really frying your brain. I'm sorry, uh... <laughs> See, this is the kind of lasting impression I make on people. Oh, okay. You said if I was ever in the city, I'm in the city! You certainly are. So, Stephen, we spoke about the secondary characters from Season 3's The Stranded. So, out of our 80... What is it? 84 episodes that we have done, where does it sit in your episodes? Uh, it sits at number 61. 61, okay. Cool. Yeah, so around the middle of the bottom half. Uh, not a bad episode. I like the secondary characters. I'm always a fan of scenes out of the typical sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the scene at the party. Um, I thought they, you know, the show is about nothing, and the fact that most of the conversation and it's pretty normal when you go to a party and you don't know anyone sometimes yeah. a conversation can be pretty dry yeah yeah um, it captured the vibe really well I think yeah um, yeah I really liked it did it just fine yeah um, for me 44 okay actually it was more enjoyable than I thought um, yeah I thought because the strand that I haven't seen like many of these episodes we've done I haven't seen it in a long time um, but yeah, the stranded. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought. You know, for a season two slash season three ep, I, I quite enjoyed it. I liked, like you said, the nothingness of it as well for the party scene. And uh, I think Steve was an interesting character. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, I my favorite sort of, I guess, overall bit uh, was when they're waiting for uh, Kramer to show up, and they're just trying to make conversation, <laughs> and it's very awkward, and everyone's <laughs> very uncomfortable, and the wife. Can't even remember her Jenny. name. Jenny. She. Uh, are you sure you don't need any help? Yeah, she's very unhappy, and just the like the ridiculousness of of Jerry's conversation of like he comments on like a civil war book or something yeah. like that. Six hundred and twenty million people 620, died. Six hundred twenty thousand. Ah, six hundred twenty thousand people died. <laughs> yeah. I love when Kramer goes to the window and she screams, and, and then and Jerry like, just goes, "That's him. That's him. He's here." <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even see his face. Yeah, he just like, knows that if a woman's scared, it must be Kramer. It must be Kramer, a big lurking guy at the window. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. him. Um, yeah, um, none of the secondaries made my top twenty. Have you? Same, yet? same. Well, actually, if uh, if there was top twenty articles of clothing <laughs> that count as secondary characters, Kramer's hat. Oh would yeah, be up there. yeah. No, it's weird seeing him in a hat. It that is. isn't a pimp hat. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. the cap. But it kind of suits him. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I guess he had less frizzy hair, so he could wear a hat. And it was probably to like for the wind as well. Was yeah, he driving that's true. A convertible down the Long Island Expressway. <laughs> yeah, I so like it. Made sense. I like it uh, when I can't remember how it's set up, but how Elaine. Um, you know, she's like, oh, it's so cold outside or whatever. And Kramer just Wait till you get on the expressway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's almost laughing at her future misfortune. It's, exactly. And then yeah, the lane just rugs off as they yeah. walk out. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Excellent. Um, what do you reckon? Listen to mail? Sounds good. When you control the mail, you control 
information. So we got a, it wasn't an email, but it was an Instagram comment by Jonathan Wolf. Uh, you might not know who he is, but I'm sure most of you do. He is the composer for the Seinfeld theme. That's right. Uh, we put a post up about last week's episode, uh, the pilot. Oh, two weeks oh, sorry, ago. two weeks ago, the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan came along and left us a comment, which was uh, really awesome and really interesting. What did he say? Yeah, it was a bit of trivia about the pilot. So he said that um, with regards to the Jerry pilot, uh, the music under it. you the know, show was within a show. The show within a show was really campy. 80s, 90s kind of music. Very cheesy. Um, Larry, apparently Larry Charles approached him and said that he wanted like a silly sitcom style of music. And then uh, Jonathan Wolf says, and I quote, can do. Nice. So there you go. Awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. So and Jonathan, if you listen to us, hello. Yeah, and thank you for uh, leaving such a cool comment. Yeah, and you have uh, did an amazing son, amazing TV theme. You also did the Will and Grace theme as well. Oh, there, yeah, you, go. there you go. So you've okay. done a couple of really good themes. Yeah. Very prolific. Good work, mate. Awesome. Well, uh, that's it. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, indeed. That's it for another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Thank you so much for listening. What are we doing next week? Next week, I think it was your choice, wasn't it? Yeah, I did. I did. We have a spreadsheet that we (laughs) list our episodes in. I can't remember what it is. I think it was, was it The Ex-Girlfriend from Season 2? Maybe. I think it was that one. Uh, You'll find out next week. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that one. Okay. Anyway. It is now. (laughs) It is now. That's what we're doing. The Ex-Girlfriend. Awesome. Fabulous. I think we've only got two Season 2 episodes left. Yeah. And they're done. Well, there's only, what, ten nine or ten episodes in Season 2? So. I, I think we've got to do The Ex-Girlfriend and The Revenge. Okay. And that's season two. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And we've already done all of season one. Oh, yeah, ages ago. Yeah. Yep. Plenty more to do, though. Not for, even halfway. For sure. You can email us if you want to say hello like Jonathan did. Bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, our website is currently down, but if you check uh, your podcast feed, you'll see our current temporary website where you can listen to the podcast if you don't have an app. Uh, but if you do have an app, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts. That's right. And if you want to leave us a five-star review it really really helps us out and uh, we'd really really appreciate it and uh, on top of that if you want to take the time to leave us a uh, review itself a bit of feedback good or bad um, we'd really really appreciate it and finally we are on patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c uh, and for one to five and i think ten twenty dollars a month ah uh, whatever i think whatever, 10 or 20, whatever. yeah well, you just go to patreon you'll find out yeah you can read <laughs> you can read words you'll be fine you'll be fine yeah um yes whether you are listening for the very first time if you've subscribed or you've been with us since episode one or anything in between uh thank you so much for your support as always it's always very humbling to hear from you my name's ivan and i am Stephen. and we'll be back next week for another episode of but i don't want to be a secondary character you take care ciao Ate your baby. <laughs>